Another really warm welcome to Harbour Church. Last Sunday morning, we had our Vision Sunday, looking at what we feel God is calling us to as a church over the next few months and over the few years. And we really celebrated a sort of outpouring of what God has been doing, particularly just over the last six weeks in some areas of the life of the church where we've seen real growth and where we've seen new things started and uh, people coming to faith and real breakthroughs. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that talk, I'd love to encourage you to um, go online, um, wherever you download your podcast from and uh, you can access that online. And when we had our Vision Sunday, we also gave people an opportunity to give financially to the church. And we do that just twice a year. And we don't really talk about money outside of those two Sundays. And so thank you so much to everybody who was here last Sunday and who gave financially to the vision of the church. We had 23 people over the course of our Sunday start a new monthly standing order, which is really amazing. I know that 23 represents some couples as well. And so that represents new uh, giving and we had um, just over £4,000 in one-off donations and uh, £1,680 in new or increased monthly standing orders. And that's the thing that makes the biggest difference because it means our trustees and our finance team can plan effectively and look at the budget and forecast for the year ahead. So thank you so much to everybody who gave financially um, last week. If you weren't here and you'd still like to give, there are giving envelopes and pens uh, on your seats and around. And at the end of the service, you can go to the giving station at the back, just on the right-hand side as you go out. And there are different ways to give financially to the life of the church there, whether just um, by dropping some money into the bucket or um, filling in the form. And on the form, you can give a one-off donation. You can increase the standing order or you can set up a new standing order. Um, the trustees sort of set a target for, um, uh, for us to raise between now and the next gift day, which is in March. And um, we're hoping to raise £2,000 in uh, new monthly standing orders and £5,000 in one-off donations. And so um, in order to do that, we need £1,000 more in one-off donations, and we need to raise around £350 per month in new standing orders or increased standing orders. So if you'd like to um, be part of the solution, we'd love to welcome you and invite you to do that. That'd be really great. And the other thing that you'll be offered on the way out of the service is something that I talked about last Sunday, that on um, the 31st of October here, we are launching a food bank in partnership with the Trussell Trust and the other food bank housed at King's Church over in Somerstown. One of the biggest problems in this area locally in Portsea, as we've been working with the local school, is that behavioural problems are caused in that primary school by children going to school hungry. It's one of the symptoms of universal credit being rolled out in the area, and so people have less, less access to money, and so um, food poverty has become a real problem locally. And so what we're doing is we're launching a food bank. And you can get involved by bringing donations. There's a list of what to donate on the back of the um, leaflet. And then um, uh, as part of a system, people will be given vouchers to be able to access the food bank. And every Thursday afternoon, um, uh, in, in the afternoon, the food bank will be open for a couple of hours and people will be able to come with their vouchers. But also they'll be able to come in here, have a cup of tea and a slice of toast, talk to somebody. And we're hoping to create what's called a circle of support where we can offer those people who are coming to the food bank other avenues of support, such as um, our debt advice um, that we run and Spa 61 for any uh, women who just want a bit of extra TLC and some pampering. Um, and other outreach programs that we run. So take one of those, um, take it home with you, tick off something on the back and bring it when you're next here. But we're so excited this morning. Thank you for listening to all that because we've got Catherine coming to speak to us. Catherine is the service pastor at this uh, 10.30 service and I'm really looking forward to Catherine coming to speak to us this morning. 
Morning, everyone. I'm, um, I'm trying out a table for the first time instead of a music stand, so bear with. Um, my talk has, I think, almost been rendered um, useless, so I'll, I'll be quick because um, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and he's definitely here. Um, normally, I sing really loudly because I like the sound of my own voice. Um, but this morning, I just sort of stopped singing for a while, and um, I think we're hungry for him this morning. People are... Um, crying out to God this morning. So um, I'll be quick and then we'll um, do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, You may have had different reactions to that word when I said it. Some people, maybe it's your first time, you're like, oh no, I've heard about him and I don't like him. Some of you think that. Some of you are like, well, I've been around church for a while and it's not Pentecost and it's not the Holy Spirit Day Alpha, so I don't know why we're talking about him. Um, But I would suggest that actually he's maybe worth looking at, maybe worth um, understanding more than twice a year. Um, he's, part of, he's part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, that might be a familiar concept to you. It might be the first time you've heard it, but I mean, it's, it's something that we're probably never going to fully get our heads around. And actually, if you're interested, um, I'm at Theological College. I'm in the middle of a very dense lecture series on the Trinity. So um, if you want to talk more, come to me, um, and I'll point you to Alex. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. Podcast. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast, and I'll talk more about it. Um, <laughs> but in essence, in God's love and in his grace, he's chosen to reveal himself to us in three distinct persons, as a father, as a son, and as the Holy Spirit. And they're all in relationship with each other. And um, it's the perfect picture of relationship. The Holy Spirit isn't a new addition to the trio. He's been there since the beginning of time. In Genesis, you hear about him hovering over the spirit of the earth. And um, we might feel unfamiliar with him. Perhaps it's a more different, difficult concept to understand than a father or a son. And sometimes he's been talked about as a ghost, which I think is perhaps not very helpful. Um, but the thing that I think it's important we remember is that God is love. And so if God the Father is love, then God the Son is love, and so God the Holy Spirit is love. It's not like Father, love, Son, love, Holy Spirit, weird, confusing, and mean. The Holy Spirit is love. Got it? So Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit when, when we, we find ourselves sort of halfway through John, uh, and he, he knows that he's about to be taken and crucified. They've just had um, the Last Supper. And... Um, And what follows in the next three chapters are um, a series of sort of pep talks that he gives to his disciples. Although I found out they're actually called the farewell discourses. Um, But pep talks seems to work. And he's readying his disciples for what's about to come. He's preparing them for life without him before he dies and then is resurrected and then ultimately ascends into heaven. And actually in each of these chapters, he talks at length about the Holy Spirit. So I think what he's saying is he's important. Pay attention. And in John 14, verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. And then in verse 26, he says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So the first thing we learn is that The Holy Spirit is for us. 
We have an advocate, a helper. Jesus didn't leave his disciples alone to fend for themselves. He promised them God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, sent by the Father, promised by the Son, sent to live in us, to convict us, to teach us, to remind us of who God says we are. We're not supposed to do life without the Holy Spirit. And I think it is possible for us as Christians to live life without his power. If, you, if you're a Christian, when you became a Christian, you received the Holy Spirit, but we run empty. We are leaky, I was going to say. We, we, sort of, we need to keep being topped up. We're leaky people. We can still live our lives without him, but we're not accessing the power that is there for us to access. It's like um, when your batteries are running out of your remote control, and it does still work, but you have to get really close to the TV. You have to press the button multiple times, smash it on the side. It does work, but there's a really easy solution. There's a huge power supply that we could go to, I don't know, I per, you might not do it, but I leave it so long before I do it, I get so annoyed with this remote. And there's such an easy, better solution. Um, there's a, an American pastor talks about this, Chad Veach, and he says um, he travels a lot, um, and he talks about those travelators at airports, the sort of the flat escalators. And he says that him and his son always go on there, and they look at these people struggling with their seven bags, walking along, and his kid's like, why are they doing that? Don't they know there's a better way? And he's like, oh, shut up, son. But it's a good point. Why are they doing that? There's a much better way. They're all going the same direction, but there's power um, on tap for them. Why would you not use it? We're not meant to struggle through life without him. And so if we do access this power, what difference does it make in our lives? Well, we have God in us. And in us and to us, he speaks truth. He's called the spirit of truth. So when the devil speaks lies over us, we can just ignore him because we've got the spirit of truth whispering to us, whispering truth about who God says we are, about how he loves us, about how we were created in his very image. The spirit transforms us. He shapes us into the person that we were always meant to be. He makes us fully human. And it's through him living it in us that we can live the full lives that Jesus promised. He breathes life into us. He's a life giver. He's called the spirit that brings life. And to be clear, I'm not saying that life with the spirit is easy and that it means that everything will be fine and that if actually things are not fine, it's because you're not full of the spirit. Things happen, but the spirit breathes life into the worst situations. You might know someone or be able to think of someone that you've seen go through tremendous loss and yet in some way they've got hope or they're experiencing joy. That's the power of God's spirit in them. His spirit in us allows us to live extraordinary lives, to offer up our ordinary and to see what God, God does with them. But I have to pause here because there's so much more that the spirit does for us and in us but it's not God's nature for it to remain that way. The Holy Spirit is not in us so that we can live really full, powered up lives and keep them to ourselves. The Holy Spirit is for us, but he's also for the world. In Acts 2, we read about the day of Pentecost. There you go, you're getting some Pentecost. When the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, they've been waiting for this moment. They've listened to these pep talks. They're ready for what's going to come. And I don't, know, I don't know what they were expecting, but probably not this. In chapter, one, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Everyone that was in that crowd was able to understand what was said in their own language. And some people were cynical. I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've, I have often mistaken someone filled with the Spirit with someone that's drunk, as many did in the crowd. But Peter explains in verse 14, he says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Which, oh, so have you seen Brits in a spoons in an airport at 5 a.m.? <laughs> no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit didn't show up that Pentecost so that the disciples could have a great day. He filled the disciples so that they could tell this crowd of people of the good news they'd found, this life of freedom they'd found that was no longer under the law, but was found in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Peter points people back to the book of Joel in the Old Testament. He's saying the Holy Spirit is not a new idea. Joel said this was going to come. He's always been. He was always going to come and live with us and fill us with the power of God. On that day, the Holy Spirit came for the sake of a crowd. But I believe the Holy Spirit has come for the sake of the world, for the sake of the UK, for the sake of Portsmouth. And if we're serious about wanting to see God's kingdom come in Portsmouth, if we're serious about seeing our city free from debt and poverty and hunger, if we're serious about seeing our community free from addiction and shame and loneliness, if we're serious about seeing the people of Portsmouth turn and follow Jesus, then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 12, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. His disciples had been with him while he healed lepers, gave sight to the blind, raised a man from the dead, and he stands to them and says, you're going to do even greater things than this. Do you believe that? With the power of the Holy Spirit inside us, we will do more than even Jesus did. Portsmouth can experience the healing and freedom that Jesus brought, and more. You may have heard of um, gifts of the Spirit. We haven't got time to talk about them all. There's wisdom and healing and prophecy. Um, and actually, if you're interested, KXC, a church in North London, spent about 10 Sundays in summer going through the Holy Spirit. So um, listen to their podcast and ours. Um, but these, these gifts, they're not, they're not like fun extras for us to enjoy. They're not like so that we can sit in a room and be like, whoa, that was weird. They're there so that we can participate in building the kingdom of God. But we can't do anything without being filled with this spirit. If we don't access the Holy Spirit, we're like that remote control with the dying battery. We're like that person struggling with their seven bags next to the travelator. We need to access the full power of God that is on offer for us in order to partner with him in building his kingdom in this city. So if the power of the Holy Spirit is for us and the power of the Holy Spirit is for the sake of the world and it's important that we access it, how do we do it? Well, in Ephesians 4:18, Paul writes, be filled with the Spirit. 
There's a few things to note here. Firstly, he doesn't say be filled with the Spirit tomorrow or at a more convenient time or um, when you've started a family or when you've finished your degree or just when it feels like a more convenient moment in the day. Be filled now. He also writes, be filled, not go and fill yourself up. It's passive, which as often in the Bible means God's already done it. God is there to do the hard work. All we have to do is ask and receive. We don't have to strain or strive or do a particular thing or like conjure up a feeling. All we have to do is make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek will find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. There's a promise there. If we ask for the Holy Spirit, he will come and fill us. And thirdly, you don't just go and get filled up once. It's not be filled with the Spirit now and then never again. It's be continually filled. And whereas the disciples at Pentecost had to wait for the Holy Spirit, we have access at all times. Free refills for all, always. In the Bible, one of the best translations we can get of the word spirit is breath or to breathe. The Holy Spirit isn't a distant God. He's close. He's accessible. He's absolutely vital. Without him, we can't be who we're created to be. And I think this morning, God is desperate for us to breathe him in. He wants to bring life this morning. And we all need him. The Spirit is there for all of us. There's nothing you have done, no one you can be that means you're not allowed access to this power of God. And we all need more. And I think some of us um, know that we're really running on empty. And in a minute when we, um, when we pray, you're going to be elbowing your way to the front like, yes, I'm empty. And you know what, you guys? Um, it's often the best place to be, to be empty, to be in a place where you are so fully reliant on God that you allow him to completely fill you with his spirit. Um, I think some of us are feeling maybe a bit medium, like we're fine, there's, you know, we're okay, but if we're honest, we're operating a bit out of our own strength rather than relying on the spirit. Um, I think if I'm honest, that's probably me a lot of the time. Um, I try and get so far on my own, but God's saying, why, why are you not using the travelator? Why are you not accessing my power? Why would you not access the power of God? So we need him too. And some of us this morning, I think, are probably feeling pretty full. You get this. You pray for the Holy Spirit every hour of every day. And you're like, yeah, I know that God is in me. Um, and this is for you as well. And you know it. But maybe you're the guys that need to pray for us. Because <laughs> you're so full of his spirit. Um, why would you not ask for the power of God that is on offer? That's basically all I have to say, because I think he's going to do the rest. Um, so would you stand? Um, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit and um, just see what he's going to do. Holy Spirit, would you, um, would you come? I mean, you're already here, but would you make yourself known to us?
satisfied.